Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Verone, a 48-year-old patient, is in your office today for a blood pressure check. He's on an ACE inhibitor. He's otherwise healthy, other than suffering from seasonal allergies. In reviewing his family history, you note that his paternal grandfather had a stroke in his early 60s, despite being on medication. Today, Verone's blood pressure remains borderline high, 142 over 88. He does not want to take any more medication, and he was wondering if salt was a problem for him, as his wife was concerned about how much salt he uses with his food. You had advised him to limit some of the sodium in his diet when you first diagnosed his hypertension. Perhaps he should try a salt substitute. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and the founding chair from the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Chan Medical School, Bay State, located in Springfield, Massachusetts. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Frank. Pleasure to be here again. Um, favorite topic of mine, yep, is is food. As you know, Bob, I, I love to cook. And without a doubt, um, adding extra salt to food right before you serve it always makes it more tasty. Salt's been back in the news lately. Um, what's the scoop with salt and heart disease? Yes, uh, yeah, Frank, I just want to comment again. You are a great cook, and I actually haven't been invited over for a meal in a while, so get that shaker out and invite me over, okay? So <laughs> All listeners, please come. <laughs> okay. So uh, basically, you know, the problem is here, opinions really value about how much sodium intake actually uh, affects blood pressure levels and the risk of cardiovascular disease, the, uh, you know, the relationship between high diet sodium intake and elevated blood pressure is, is there, but what's the story here with, with outcomes uh, really along with this? And so multiple studies have shown reducing dietary sodium intake while increasing potassium intake actually lowers blood pressure and does decrease morbidity. However, the problem is sodium intake doesn't affect everyone similarly. Not all uh, hypertensives are salt sensitive, and many really debate the extent of the benefits of restricting dietary salt and what level of sugar you actually restrict it to. Indeed, the American Heart Association recommends a target of less than 2.3 grams per day for most people, less than 1.5 grams per day in high-risk individuals. Frank, that's only about a teaspoon of salt a day. Yep, yep. I think uh, there's uh, reasonable data that shows that less than 2.3 uh, across the board is, is what's safe. And, it, and it, you're right, it's not much. Um, what's new in the world of the medical literature concerning salt consumption? Yeah, to me, this is fascinating. I wanted to highlight a couple of studies that I just read out there. The first was actually uh, a really a robust evidence-based review of the literature. And it was uh, presented last year in the European Heart Journal. And what the authors concluded, they said, you know, most of these guidelines have been uh, developed here without uh, looking at effective interventions to achieve um, low sodium intake and without really any great methods to estimate what people are, are taking. So they actually looked at all of the literature here related to if you reduce salt, sodium, does it have an intake? And they actually, after they did the review, they concluded there was insufficient evidence to recommend low sodium intake 
contra to the American Heart Association recommendations. So not unreasonable. There was insufficient evidence uh, out there. I hate it when the when when reviews uh, conclude that they don't help us necessarily in either way. They don't say there was sufficient evidence for or against. However, this spring. There was another systematic review done, published in circulation, and they clearly established a linear relationship between sodium intake and reduce, reduction in blood pressure, regardless of your baseline blood pressure. And uh, the um, those who had higher blood pressure, the more they reduced salt, the lower the blood pressure. Now, again, they looked at blood pressure reduction. They didn't look at uh, outcomes. They weren't looking at uh, the outcomes from that, but clearly salt intake is related to blood pressures, what the conclusion was, uh, what, what was with this. So we know from those two papers that salt, lowering salt lowers blood pressure, but we're not really sure whether it affects any patient-oriented outcomes. Um, a new paper just came out discussing a patient-oriented outcome from China. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, this is a really neat study. This was a, meant to be a population-based uh, uh, study. It was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And it was actually a randomized control trial with uh, over 20,000 adults. And what they ended up doing was randomizing these rural villages in China. Uh, they tried to enroll 30 people in uh, uh, 60 different villages. They were targeting uh, folks with... Um, that were at risk, that already had a stroke or were diagnosed with hypertension. And half of the villages were advised, just continue doing what you normally do with salt. The other half were given a salt substitute uh, to use. The salt substitute uh, uh, included, uh, it, it was... Um, it was reduced sodium, basically. The, the preparations they were using had, I believe, 70% sodium chloride, 25% potassium chloride. And they randomized these folks, and they followed them uh, for five years. And what they actually found is over the course of the five years, a mean difference in uh, systolic blood pressure of about 3.3 millimeters uh, in mercury between those who were using the, the, uh, the salt substitute and the rate of stroke, which was their primary outcome. Now, mind you, they had um, uh, these were folks that were at higher risk for stroke. That's why they chose them. They were looking for this outcome. But there was a 14% lower in those who were using the salt substitute con uh, compared to those with using their regular uh, regular salting. All cause mortality was also 12% lower in the salt substitute uh, salt substitute group versus the uh, those who were just using salting as usual. So really a real-world study showing that if you uh, uh, add a little potassium in there, cut back on your salt, you're seeing a benefit here from an outcomes perspective, not just in lowering blood pressure. All right. So we know in this really high-risk population in China, people, the majority of which had either stroke or hypertension or both, changing from full sodium chloride to 25% potassium chloride and 75% sodium chloride as their 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 spice of choice lowered the risk of both uh, stroke and all-cause mortality. That's pretty much a great real-world outcome um, in this unique population. How do we apply that to our patients today? What are we going to tell Veron, and what are we going to do about our other patients? Well, you know, it turns out it's really hard to find that product here in the United States. Um, you, you can get something that's actually a potassium chloride um, uh, salt substitute. And I've been using this and asking my wife to use it in our cooking uh, for that. But what's really neat, just in the news here this past week, the FDA has decided to begin chipping away at the amount of salt that's in uh, a variety of uh, condiments that are out there, such as 
uh, ketchup and uh, those type of things and to try and see if we can decrease the sodium load across the population and indeed that will have a benefit at some point but for the individual patient I always tell them try not to salt if you need to salt go ahead and find that potassium chloride salt substitute use that we know that potassium is going to lower uh, blood pressure as well of course caveat here Frank right if you're on a medication uh, such as ACE or an ARB you want to be careful about your potassium intakes but that's a piece of it as well yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a very reasonable approach, Bob. Um, yes, I do love to cook, and yes, I do like to salt things. But if I'm going to put uh, a teaspoon of salt in my soup that I'm making, maybe I'll use half a teaspoon of salt, and I'll start adding a little potassium chloride as well. Well, I, I think this brings to light the best and most current evidence on salt and salt substitution with its relationship to hypertension and stroke, Bob. I really appreciate you covering this today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. An interesting way to lower sodium and raise potassium intake at the same time is by using a salt substitute. This may lower your blood pressure and help you lower your risk of stroke. Join us next time when we discuss new guidelines around the screening of cervical cancer. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.